I ask my mother, what will I be? Will I be pretty? Will I be rich? Here's what she said to me. Que sera, sera. Hello and welcome to You Are Going to Be Fantastic episode number two slash sort of episode three, but the first one was a prototype, so we're calling this episode two. I am Ann Foster. I'm Jenny Ryan. And so this is the podcast where we talk to people about their lives, and we like to think it's where expectation meets reality, looking at where people thought they would be when they were about 18 years old, leaving high school, entering the real adult world, versus where they are now, aged 30 plus, and kind of how they got there and how they feel about it. And I wanted to say, I mean, we've, this is our third episode, episode number two, and it's fascinating. Everybody's lives are so interesting that we've talked to thus far. Everybody seems like pretty happy about what happened to their lives, which I think is really reassuring. Yeah, I mean, it, and I'm totally open to interviewing whoever we interview and what their experiences are. But I think everyone we're talking to is like, we haven't talked to someone who's like mid, midlife crisis. No, no one's in crisis. Everyone is pretty com- like confident that they are where they should be, which is reassuring. Well, it's kind of good because that's where you are. So I hope you're okay with hope it. You're okay with it. <laughs> so um, this is the second episode that we recorded in our friend's garage. Um, At a Canada Day barbecue. Where we just stole people from the party and interviewed them. So this is an interview with someone that Jenny and I know a little bit, but we learned a whole lot more about. Um, It's Ryan Holiday. So I hope you enjoy this interview. Hello, Ryan. Hello. How are you? I'm well. It's Canada Day, so... It is Canada Day. We're recording this in a garage on Canada Day. I'm very excited to talk to you about what it is that you wanted to do. Um, So cast your mind back. Uh, You are now a man in your 30s? 32. 32. So what did you want to do when you were um, substantially younger? I can remember at the end of grade 12, someone doing an interview thing like this with a video camera and asking everybody... Where do you want to be in five years? Okay. And at that point, my answer was I wanted to own a recording studio and use it myself as a musician and produce other people. That was like my middle of grade 12 goal. That seems like a pretty cool goal. Yeah. And, you know, I was doing some home recording back then and was kind of getting into it on a very unprofessional sort of level. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but then, so you were like in a garage at your friend's barbecue, kind of unprofessional, or uh, in the basement at the computer. Okay. Yep. With a crappy mic. Okay. Sort of thing. But out of high school, I went to university and studied computer science in my first year. Oh. How how did that happen? Um, I had always been into some programming and had done programming since grade eight and did computer science in high school and thought, you know. I could have a career as a program, as a developer. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's where I moved my career, even though I was very heavily interested in music. Huh. Um, but I didn't stay in comp sci for very long because I didn't like it. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't either. It was, it was staying till 2 in the morning, trying to finish assignments, and trying to debug where like the only thing wrong with the code I wrote was what I thought was a semicolon was actually a colon, but somehow that ruins everything. Right, yeah. And then two hours later, you're like, oh, I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life. So um, I ended up uh, taking a year off, Mm -hmm. working in uh, a shop, nothing very interesting, and then went back to university and majored in English for a year. 
Did, so what happened to the goal of the recording studio at this point? Was it... In that year off, I actually recorded just sort of like a cover album with a few originals in my basement and gave that out to friends and family for Christmas. And that was a lot of fun, but I wasn't really sure I wanted to make it a career at that point. Okay. Um, but we're still enjoying recording at home during so that time. So English seemed like, like more practical. Less practical than computer science, but it was something I was very interested in. I had a couple of really good English professors in my first year Ah, and wanted to head in that direction. Okay. And then I, that next summer I actually spent uh, teaching English in Taiwan. And uh, a friend of mine actually died on Canada Day in a car accident out by Koshin. Uh, That was uh, Tara Higginbotham. And it made me just think about, like, what I actually wanted to do with my life. Yeah. Because, you know, at any time, yep. I could die. And if, if that were to happen, would I be happy with the choices I've made? And that drove me to my decision just a couple days before classes were supposed to start in the fall, going back into English. I dropped all my classes. I picked up a couple music electives. I found private theory lessons and private guitar lessons to try to get into music. Wow. And decided... This is what I want to do. I want to, at very least, study music so that I could have a conversation with another musician, talk about music, right. have the language to discuss it, and to describe the chords that I'm writing and using. So it's interesting if Tara was her name. Yeah. If Tara had not had the car accident, you might not have done this. Absolutely. Right? And, and the, the thing that, that I'm reminded of here, too, is at one point I'd mentioned to her, you know, I'm... I enjoy music. And she said, well, why don't you study it at university? And I said, well, I don't have any music theory. I didn't really study theory as a kid. Oh. I didn't do that. I wasn't in band class You were like long. a self-taught Yeah, for the most kid. part. Okay. And I thought, you know, I don't have the theory background to be able to do this. Right. And I finally realized, you go to school to learn. You don't have to know everything before you go to school. That's what learning is mm-hmm. for. I thought, I'll figure it out. I've always figured it out. I've always worked hard in school. And right. if I'm behind, I'll just get caught up. So you went to university and suddenly you decided you were going to study music. What did your, did your parents care? Did your, were they involved at all in this? They were very encouraging, although I was very scared to tell them. I remember that day and I was like worried that they would think that this is like a foolish, youthful decision that I'm going to regret because I'll spend a bunch of money and never have any thereafter because it's not I knew I didn't really want to be a teacher Mm -hmm. and usually people who go to study the teachers are the ones who actually find work and have a career there like music teachers yeah music teachers in particular so you were doing like a course of study just for the pure delight of the study absolutely yeah Um, that's not something parents really like to hear but they were very encouraging and it does help that my dad is very musical he sings in a choir Um, My mom was very interested in music, uh, played a little bit of piano. Um, My dad plays piano and sings. And music was always part of growing up. So I was worried that they wouldn't be very encouraging. And when I told them, they were just like, all right, so how are you doing this well? Are you preparing? Are you going to be practicing a lot? You're going to need to practice to get into the actual music program. And rather than saying you shouldn't do this, um, their focus was you should do this well. So make sure you're taking lessons, make sure you're taking theory lessons and you're actually working towards where you need to be to get into university. And that was actually a, 
a very good moment for me because I was not expecting that. Cool. So, so then what happened? Like you, how long, how many years did that take? (laughs) Like I had an extremely long undergraduate career because of the changing majors several times. Yeah. Um, I did two years of taking music electives and taking private lessons. Um, my guitar teacher said I could have maybe gotten in after the one year, but I would be playing catch up for the four years. And he said, I'd be better off taking a couple more classes, practicing a little bit more and being comfortable going into the program since I didn't really play all that much classical guitar before the program. So two years of pre-music, which is not a thing, but <laughs> trying to plan it's for it. Pre-music. Yeah, no, that's... Not as um, caché as pre-med. I always use uh, air quotes when I say pre-music. Uh, two years of that and then got into the, the music program and studied uh, music theory and composition and completed it after four years, so... Um, I'm really proud of that because I'm actually very bad at reading music. Mm-hmm. Um, even though my degree, the major is music theory and composition, my actual capacity to read notes is very diminished for someone with a music degree. Um, because I play, I'm much better at playing by ear. And it took me until my last year to realize I have to use my strengths to shore up my weaknesses instead of trying to rely on my weaknesses and trying to always just improve on them. Mm. So I started using my ear to help me learn and memorize music. And uh, that's what got me through my last year. So so, so then what? So here's the ultimate question. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. And then what? And yes. then what? So you've so done this. So you have this. a music degree. You can now talk to people at parties yes. about I, music, which and, was and, your goal. Absolutely. And that, that's why I was like, so, so what do you do with a music degree? And it's like, well, you kind of do the same things you did before, just like a little more smugly. Mm, uh, yeah. So you can be a, yeah. Yeah. So a I ended up asshole talking about music. pretty much. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what it gets you. So you can work in a music store uh, well, with attitude. I, well, that's what I eventually did. I mean, I, immediately after school, I actually ended up um, going to New Zealand. No, that's not true. Sorry. Immediately after school. That was a dream. (laughs) I never went. I I worked here in Saskatoon before then. Immediately after school, like the day after I handed in my final paper, um, I started working for my friend who had started a video game for the iPad at a company here in Saskatoon and started doing the music and sound effects and some testing for a game called um, Notepad Command for a Saskatoon company called Monocle Soft. So I actually was employed in music, making music, the day after I handed in my final paper. Well, screw you, doubters. Yes, and that was great for a bit, um, but then the project ended, yeah. and then I don't... it ran out of work. So Okay, yeah, I can't imagine that uh, note, what, notepad command I, it doesn't sound like something that would have a lot of life. It was a very fun game, actually. I did a lot of play testing for it. Um, it was... There were these little army dudes that were hand-drawn. Every single oh. frame was hand-drawn. They were trying to attack you. So with an iPad, you had to, like, tap on them and send missiles at them. So I did all the, the sound effects and music oh, and audio cool. and stuff. It was well, great. My apologies, Notepad Command. You sound super cool. It was actually a lot of fun. But, you know, as project work is, you have work until you don't. I guess, the yeah, the game was done. and Yep. And... Uh, Video game music is a very competitive industry, and I is didn't it? really. Yeah, it is weird because there's so many musicians out there with skills and not a lot of work. So when, they, when you complete a course, do you call it leveling up? I wish, I wish. 
I just leveled up. (laughs) Um, So then after that, I ended up going to New Zealand for four months and just kind of bummed around and played music. Mm. Uh, Hit up open mic nights, like three nights a week. And that's where I learned to actually sing in front of people. Right. Before that, guitar, not an issue, but Did I never Did you perform sung. your video game sounds? No. Did you make your... That... This is yeah. me being notebook command or notepad command. I never have done that. Oh, um, I'd like to see that. Yeah, I don't think I've ever tried to live perform any of those tunes. Like when you go to the movies and they do like old movies and the people do the live, like an orchestra playing. <laughs> I'd like to see a video game have a live orchestra. That would be great. Yeah, there you go. Someone take that idea. Run with it. Um, okay, so so you got home from New Zealand. You've probably now impoverished yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah. greatly. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually came home early because I ran out of money in and New And your Zealand. parents are like, we encouraged you <laughs> to do this thing well, and doing it well means poor, means poverty. So what, what, did, you, what did you do? Did you come back to here? I did came you... back to Saskatoon and, and live with my mother at the, the ripe old age of 27, which yeah. I'm not proud of. But You know what happens. What, yep, that's what I needed to do until I found work. Um, worked in a, in a husky clothing store for a few months, and then they were going to close it. And it was perfect timing because I ended up uh, going to Long and McQuaid, the music store, and worked there for three years. So I was able to still work in my field and apply what I had learned in music uh, just in a retail context. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, learned a lot there. Learned a lot more about a wider variety of instruments than just the guitar and learned some skills on, like, guitar maintenance, which I still do some maintenance on my guitars myself now from stuff that I've learned there. Okay. And then I actually ended up working at the public library. Right, which is where I met you. Mm-hmm. Briefly, vaguely, in passing. I don't like we think we ever had lunch together, but I think I... Yeah, I don't think so either, because you were only at that branch for a little bit before you headed out elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and you worked in the fine arts department. Yes, and my job was mostly to to take care of the collection of CDs at the main branch and do all of the ordering of the CDs for all branches across Saskatoon. So again, right. it was really heavily relying on uh, my knowledge of music history to know what things are historically important, what performances are historically important, and making sure that there's a balance uh, and variety of music in all the branches. So, and, and it was a job that actually required in the requirements, it required Bachelor of Music or equivalent with uh, Royal Conservatory stuff. And, like, that's a unicorn. Like, you never... <laughs> that's a fictional thing that... Yeah, yeah. This job requires a music degree. What? Yeah, so th- I did that for a year. And... How did you find that job? In the... Like, was it... list? Like, how did someone call you? And they're like, it's happened. It's happened. It's magic. Did everyone with a music degree get an email that day? Like, a ping. It's it's a miracle. Oh, it's a music miracle. I actually, I was thinking of that the other day. I actually don't remember how I found out about it. I think I might have just been looking for city jobs because it was posted externally and posted, I think, just on the city site. Wow. Now, the first time I applied for it, I didn't get the job. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, someone else got the job who had a library degree. And then she ended up finding a librarian position. Like the day She applied for it the day after she got here. And then vacated that position. They posted it again. And I got it on the second try. Right. Well, 
but I don't remember how I initially found out about it. I think it was just from the city of Saskatoon employment website. That must have been like an exciting day. I like had to, I must have doubted whether it was real or not. Cause that's wow, what this is a plant. I know. Like, Mm, is this let me check the url is this real okay so you don't work at the library anymore i don't so so when what happened where where are you now what are you doing now i work at a company called vendasta software company here in saskatoon that's actually just a block from the library it sounds like a yoga studio it isn't but (laughs) there is yoga twice a week that our company can do that I think is just for our employees, like Wednesday lunch. I, I don't attend it. No. I should. Should you? Yeah. Okay. But I very much don't. Uh, so I, I work in software. I first started in uh, technical support and then moved into more of a client relationship representative sort of job. Account executive is the title. Do you title. take people up for dinners and find them strip clubs and stuff? I do not no. do that yet. Okay. Nor will I ever likely. <laughs> Um, most of our most of our clients or partners are in the U.S., so mm-hmm. it's mostly via email and over the phone. But I'm back in software and kind of aiming towards a job where it's a little bit more technical, where I can use that first year of computer science and that sort of technical background where I understand the big picture ideas of the programming. So I wouldn't be writing code, but sort of planning out code. So is there any more music in your life? There is. And, you know, the the music instead of trying to make it a career it's just a fun hobby because a few times I've tried to like really make a living off of music or really tried to make it the job that like I live off of it lost some of the fun of Mm, it yeah and as a hobby there's no pressure and it's just whatever you want it to be so isn't it interesting that it seems like you started doing computers well first you wanted to do like recording stuff and then you went to computer science and then you were like no that's not what i want to do i don't want to study computer science i'm not interested so then you go off you have this great musical adventure thanks to tara and -hmm. her inspiration you go and have this amazing like 10 years of excitement and fun and music stuff And, well, it sounds like fun and exciting. And then, like, interesting, like passion and stuff you love. And then you come back, and then you you end up back to computers. But now you've had 10 years of, like, happiness, of music-related happiness. So even though you're back to, like, computers, if you hadn't, if you'd gone straight through computers, you might have ended up where you are now, but without that 10-year break of, like, music fun. Yeah, and you know, I I learned a lot in that time, and I learned a lot from my my music days. More than anything, I learned how I best learn. So when I need to look into a problem, or I need to figure it out. I know my own best approach to figuring things out. And um, I, I think music degrees are highly underrated because there you learn a lot in that field. And you learn it differently. Like apparently in Canada, if you want to apply for law school, one of the best degrees to have to go into it is actually music. And that seems counterintuitive, but they're both fields where you can't cram for a session in court. You can't just stay up and then the night before stay up a little bit and read like your books. Right. It's something that you have to constantly be working on. And it's in music, not because law, like lawyers like to burst into song or... Uh, not... 
courtrooms? From what I've seen in no. real life or Cop or Rock television. Okay. Not not that I know of, but I you know I haven't been in court often. I have okay. to admit, which is probably good. It's the so you're saying that lawyer like it's the it's the constant study and the constant like learning and rethinking and. It's it's long preparation for a performance because right. you can't yeah, cram yeah. for a recital. You can't be like, yeah, oh, I'll yeah. learn it next week. Yeah, it takes Especially, months. Especially, I mean, your fourth year recital, at least at the U of S, is an hour long performance that's you Ooh. and other performers if you bring them in. But you are supposed to be the featured musician for the entire hour. That's something that you kind of prepare for for several years. Like usually, you have pieces that you've been working on through your third year that you play at that recital. It's not the type of thing that you can cram for. And that's how law is. You have to be preparing all along for a single performance, and all of your work has to culminate. And if you perform poorly, um, that's very bad. So you need to really focus on preparation and playing the long game instead of trying to just do things off the cuff. So what you're saying is that in a few years, you're going to go to law school. No. Oh. I was hoping that was like, because no, not, no, not interested in any way. So, so what, what, what comes next? I mean, um, you're rel- you're a very young person. Like, you know, you're 32, so you have like five or six careers ahead of you. I would think. <laughs> so, based on your history, um, what might you do next? I would like to get. I like software. I like where I am uh, and where I'm headed. I would like to be a little bit more on the technical side of things, but more the planning than the actual programming of software. And, and I've been taking steps both in my, my current position and my, my support position to move in that direction, um, as well as continuing to make music a part of my life, but not something I'm trying to use to feed myself. So you don't, you're not like, are you sad about losing music? Is it a regret? Like losing music. I mean, losing music as the focus. Does that make you sad? That doesn't make me sad at all. What makes me sad is that the last year, like actually pretty much since I left the library till now, it, music has actually become a smaller part of my just extra time. Um, <clears throat> and that's something that happens every couple of years that I go through times where I'll be really creative and I'll be writing a whole bunch of stuff and working on a whole bunch of music and covers and original stuff and working on so much that it's tough to keep track of it all, and then it'll kind of wane for a little bit. Um, I'm a little bit sadder that I just haven't had a lot of creative output in the last year. But I have had some good musical experiences. In September, I went to a guitar camp in uh, Ontario, um, Port Hope, Ontario, with my favorite guitarist of all time, Don Ross, and it was basically a guitar clinic, a retreat, 12 people signed up, and they had Don Ross as an instructor. Wow. And John Gom, who he brought in from England, who's also, he's probably my third favorite guitarist of all time. And did morning and afternoon sessions and got to see their first concert for their Cross Canada tour. And, and that was like, that was amazing. And I never would have been able to afford to go to that if I was a musician. Right. Oh, isn't that a sad irony? Yes. And because I had a day job, I could afford yeah. well in advance to pay for the flight and pay for the cost of the retreat. It was a pretty expensive weekend as far as weekends in Canada go. Yeah. Um, and still the best money I've spent in my entire life. So. Wow. Okay. Um, it's, and that's the thing. Like, you can afford to do more and have more musical experiences with a day job than if you're trying to scrounge and keep the music thing going. And then the music that I make is because I want to make it, not because I need to make right. it. Right. So it's like artists can't really afford to be artists. 
<laughs> in some cases, yeah. You yeah. miss out on opportunities because you have to chase other opportunities because right. if you don't, you won't make it. Right. So um, on, do you consider your life to be a fantastic life? Right now, today, in this garage. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. It's pretty good right now, actually, yeah. Um, in my current job, there are a couple of transitions from one job to another that were kind of rocky and I wasn't quite so sure but where things are I'm, I'm pretty happy pretty happy with where I am musically and where I've come since graduating music mm-hmm. like I'm a significantly better musician than I was when I graduated even though I was practicing well that's interesting my per day practice reached its peak in my fourth year I'm uh-huh. a significantly better musician oh, wow. since then and uh, and I'm yeah I, I'd say I'm pretty happy great and not where I expected to be uh, but that's not how you measure happiness. Final question. Okay. When you were like five, what what did you think was going to happen to you? When I was five years old, I wanted, I think even before five, I wanted to be an inventor. Since, since as soon as I knew what it was, I think I had to ask what the thing that I was wanting to be. Because I've always been highly creative mm-hmm. in everything I do. When I play... There was this racing video game I played for a long time, and I spent more time painting my cars than I did racing them. Right. Um, other games, fighting games, I spent more time making my character and making their costumes. Making the noises. Yes, and, <laughs> and I've always been creative, and that's ultimately why I'm pretty happy in my job, because I'm moving towards a more creative position in software. So you're like a software inventor. Kind of, yeah. I, I mean, that's what I would like to be because creativity is what always drives me. And it doesn't really matter the medium. I used to want to be a writer when I was sort of in elementary school. But that was all about creating stories. Right. And then it was creating music. And then it was creating software. And now it's kind of come back to software. But it's always been driven by creativity for me, regardless of the medium. Well, I would say you have done a pretty good job of staying on course if you wanted to be creative as a child. Yeah. That's well done, sir. Well, thank you. It, it feels good. And I've, I, I've been thinking about this for a bit because I have had three jobs in the last two years, and, and each one has been a little bit more creative and allowed me to yeah. have a better outlet for that creativity. Cool. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Me too. So that was our interview with Ryan Holiday. Um, when we stole him from a Canada Day barbecue into our friend's garage. So- he thought it was a sex party. It was an interview. <laughs> it all worked out just as well, I think. Um, so if you want to catch up with us, we're on all the social meds. Um, <laughs> we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at YWGTBF. The first letters of you are going to be fantastic. You can also email us at you are going to be fantastic at gmail.com. And we're hoping to have an episode about every two weeks or so. So you should check back to see to see if there's anyone. And if you feel like you have a life story you would like to share with us, please let us know. For sure. Um, So until next time, I'm Ann Foster. I'm Jenny Ryan.